If you would turn with me this morning in the scripture to 1 Samuel, the second chapter. We've been on this for some weeks now. We're continuing talking about reverence and glory, honor. 1 Samuel 2 and 30, the last part of the verse. The Lord said, for them that honor me. I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Read that out loud with me, please. For them that honor me, I will honor, and they that despise me shall be lightly esteemed. The Lord said, them that honor me, I will honor. How many believe that's absolutely true? Now this covers every part of life. This covers your spiritual well-being, your physical and mental and emotional well-being, your financial and material uh, success in business and your profession. You understand You know, some of the people that oppose what they call the prosperity message, I call it the Word of God, (laughs) but there are some people that are wealthy that oppose what they call the prosperity message. Well, they're either hypocrites or confused, because how many believe you ought to practice what you preach? (laughs) I mean, if you believe it's wrong to prosper, then you ought not prosper. But these people, they have a lot of money and they have a lot of stuff. And yet, boy, they're, they're death on so-called prosperity preaching and churches and teachers and ministries. Why? How do they explain that? Well, they worked hard for what they've got. <laughs> or they were smarter than the average bear. And their investments and their, you know, and, and they are a self-made man or woman. They pull their self up. By their own bootstraps. And what they're doing is giving the credit and glory for their material success to themselves. And they're not giving it to God. And that is deception. Because I don't care who you think you are, who you know, or what you think you can do. You couldn't get out of bed and find the front door in the morning without the Lord give you another day of life, more heartbeats, more brain activity. You sure couldn't be successful in buying or selling or building or whatever you're doing unless the Lord allows it or prospers it. Well, when you put forth your hand to do something and it just goes and it's good, the Lord honored you. He honored you. He honored you. When your marriage is good and your kids are doing good and your grandkids are doing good and your body is healthy and the presence of the Lord is in your house, he's honoring you. Can we affect how much he honors us? Yeah, what did the first part of it say? Them that honor me, what did the Lord say? I 
will honor. What if you honor him a little bit? He's able to honor you a little. What if you honor him more? He's able to honor you more. You know, as a church, I'm highly interested in this as our Faith Life Church family. One of the big ways that the Lord honors us is by manifesting his presence in our midst. And uh, can we initiate a greater, more powerful, stronger manifestation of the presence of God? That would be him honoring us. Well, yes, as we learn how to honor him more, he will honor us more. He's already honored us. How many in this Faith Life Church would say God has honored us? Hasn't he? He's honored us being able to do what we've done. Being able to give what we've given. Sow what we've sown. We've sown large seeds outside of ourselves. We've sown the word all over the place. We've reached out. He's blessed us with nice place to meet. Good tools. Good materials. We're blessed. He's honored us. I said he's honored us. Well, a way to mess that up would be for us to start honoring ourselves instead of him. But we don't just want to stay where we are. We want to go beyond. So to have the real blessing of the Lord and the real honor of the Lord, what must we learn how to do? How to honor him genuinely. How to honor him more. Everybody say it out loud. Lord, I desire... I'm asking you, you, show me how, how. teach us how how. to honor you you more. more. Amen. Now I believe he heard that and believe that he does and he can start teaching us more about it right right now. Actually, I want to get into that. How? To show him honor. How to honor him more. Go with me if you would to uh, John. The 8th chapter. We've already talked about this some. But we're continuing today. Talking about how. To show honor. How to honor God more. How to honor people. That we should honor more. John 8 and 47. Jesus is speaking. He said, he that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. Now that sounds simple, but there's realms of revelation. What about people that don't want to hear the word of God? What about people that are hungry to hear the word of God? (laughs) Those folk are of God. Anybody that tastes and sees that the Lord is good wants more. People that don't want anything of God don't know him. Indication is that they're not born again. They don't know him. They're not of God. Uh, Verse 48, then answered the Jews and they said to him, say we not well that you are a Samaritan and you have a devil. Now, who are they talking to? Jesus. Jesus. 
So if anybody ever says you have a devil, don't fall off your chair. If anybody ever talks bad about you, you're not above your master. They talk bad to him. They talk bad about him. They said, didn't we say it right when we said, you are a Samaritan. Now, they were racist. <laughs> if you, a good study into this is John 4, where Jesus talked to the woman at the well of Samaria. She was a Samaritan, and he asked her for a drink of water, you know. And she said, how is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink of water from me, a Samaritan? And if you read other translations, it brings out that the Jews and Samaritans didn't drink from the same cups. Racism. Uh, it's been around a long time, yeah. long before the black-white deal, it's, and it goes far beyond black-white or yellow or red. I mean, there are rich people that are prejudiced against poor people, and poor people that are prejudiced against rich people, and educated people that are prejudiced against uneducated, uneducated that are prejudiced against educated, right? Denominations that are prejudiced against each other. There are some places you go, and if you say, I'm a this or I'm a that, they immediately don't like you, don't know you, don't want to know you. Other places, you say the same thing, and they love you. They won't come in. Let's feed you, you know. So it's been around, and so they're casting this at him. They know he's a Jew, but they say, you're a Samaritan, and you have a devil. They're talking to Jesus, the head of the church. They're talking to your and my master, who's perfect, never done anything wrong, never sinned, always pleased the Father every day of his life. And yet they say, you're a Samaritan and you have a devil. We already said it and it was right last time and it's right this time. And notice what he said. Jesus answered, I have not a devil. Now let's just stop right here. They didn't know what dangerous ground they were on. Because Jesus had said another place, he said, uh, anything that men say against the Son of Man, it'll be forgiven them. But the ones that blaspheme against the Holy Spirit, it'll not be forgiven them. And this specifically is what he was talking about. In that case, they were calling what he was doing of the devil, and it was of the Holy Ghost. And here they're saying a similar thing, aren't they? They're saying, I mean, the miracles that are happening, the utterance, the anointing in his teaching and preaching, they're saying he's doing all this stuff by a demon spirit. Who are they calling a demon spirit? The Holy Spirit. Friend, this is something you never want coming out of your mouth. That you are attributing the works of the Holy Spirit to the devil. And there's a lot of folk have treading on this ground and not realized what they were doing. For instance, tongues are of the devil. Tongues are passed away. I don't believe in all that healing stuff. Well, who's doing the healing? Who's giving the utterance? You see what I'm talking about? There's some people, if they weren't so ignorant, they'd be in trouble with the Lord. He's merciful. <laughs> To our ignorance, and thank God He's merciful to their ignorance because He's merciful to yours too. <laughs> but how many understand it's a serious thing? So, I mean, it's just smart. Other than opening your mouth, you see something and you don't know if it's the Holy Ghost or if it's not. 
Well, it ain't time for you to start running your mouth thinking, well, I don't know if that's God. That may be a demon. Mm, serious, serious stuff. Keep your mouth shut if you don't know. Besides that, what if it was something wrong? Who called you to judge it? You're not the judge. Do you know you don't have to make a statement about everything? I said, do you know? You don't have to make a comment. You don't have to make a statement about everything that's happening and about every situation. What do you think about that? I've had people, you know, bless their hearts. I've had people want to, you know, take me out to eat or something or or they wanted to meet with me and the sole purpose was to try to get me to go on record saying about what this ministry did or that person did or this church was doing or you know they didn't waste any time getting to that point well brother Keith what do you think about what so and so is doing and more than one time I've said I don't (laughs) so what what do you mean you oh I know now that you have ideas and I said I'm sure I would if I let myself but I don't well what do you think about it it's important to the body of Christ people like you they said people like you need to make a stand you need to say something I don't know how many times Phyllis will tell you others will tell you people have written me you need to say something in the pulpit about this where do you stand on this you need to make a stance you need to say something well, last time I checked, my boss wasn't you. <laughs> and what I need to do is say what he says for me to say. And I need to be particular that I don't just get up here and spew my opinion. And what they want you to do, they don't have the clout and voice if they got up and told what they thought. Not too many people care. <laughs> So they want you to give voice to their opinion. (laughs) And think it might find a broader audience. I don't even preach what I want to preach. Why should I preach what you want to preach? (laughs) So it's sure you do. No, I don't. I do my best to hear from him. And I know there's some folk don't believe that. Because some folk don't even believe in God, period. And of course, if God doesn't exist... We'd all have to be crooks. If he doesn't exist, what are we doing? But he does exist. He's real. And he communicates with his people. We can hear from him. He does direct those that listen and those that follow. Jesus said, I have not a devil. What spirit was he ministering by? The Holy Spirit. So we're talking about honor. Them that honor me, what will happen? Well, are these people getting in position for God to honor them? No, they are not. Those that despise me, that's what they're doing, will be lightly esteemed. Are there people despising God today? Many of them. And in the Bible, the word despise can mean everything from disdain and disgust all the way back up to just failing to acknowledge. Not counting as valuable and precious. Did they know who they were talking to? Come about these people saying, Jesus, you're a Samaritan and you have a devil. Did they know who they were talking to? Were they aware of his value? 
And his, if they had had any inkling of his value, they wouldn't have been running their mouth. They'd have been sitting down listening. And you see, this hindered Jesus' ministry. I know that's a big thing to say, but it's just a fact. It hindered his ministry. Here it says, Jesus says, I don't have a devil, but I honor my father, and you do dishonor me. I seek not my own glory. There is one that seeks and judges. Verse 54. Jesus said, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It's my Father that honors me of whom you say that he is your God. A person that's right doesn't seek their own glory. They're seeking God's glory. And what will happen if you honor him and glorify him? You won't have to honor yourself. He will honor you. And when he honors you, that's something man can't take away. Man can't change. I mean, people are fickle. They'll put you up on a pedestal today and they'll stone you next week. Yep. <laughs> Have you noticed it? People are fickle. Oh. And if you do everything to be seen and known of men, and if you do everything to impress them, you're going to be perpetually disappointed. Yep. If all of us in here followed you around the rest of the day, And told you how amazing and wonderful you are. It still would not satisfy your spirit tonight. When you laid your head on the pillow. It just doesn't do it. And the quicker you learn it. And quicker you quit trying to get it. The happier you'll be. Jesus said I don't seek the glory that comes from men. But the glory that comes from the Father. From a, he said, I do always those things that please him. From the time the master got up in the morning till the time he laid his head down at night, he is seeking to please the Father. He's seeking to honor him. Did he honor him? And then what did the Father do? Oh, wherefore he has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. Because he, can you see that verse? Did he honor the Father? Did the Father honor him? What does he tell us to do? Honor God. Them that honor me, I will honor. Now, with this in mind, go with me over to the book of James, please. Now, what we're seeing is uh, how to show honor to God and to people. And how to show dishonor. How to disrespect. Our words are so important. This is something hasn't been taught enough. It hasn't been taught much in the church up until the last few decades. And we need a lot of it to bring back into balance. It still sounds foreign to millions of Christians when they hear us standing up here making confessions. And people get tired of it and go, well, why do they keep They want here. They want us to say something else again. I'm not used to this. Well, you need to get used to it because it is the way of the Christian. The traditional ways of many churches and denominations have gotten away from the Bible. 
away from the Word of God. Did you know Jesus is called the Apostle and High Priest of our confession? He ever lives to make intercession for us. He is our mediator. The apostle of our what? Confession. How do you get born again? You believe in your heart. And you not just think. Not just have a fuzzy feeling. You say with your mouth. Is it true that death and life is in the power of the tongue? The words. That hasn't been strong enough in us. We Don't think because you've heard a series or two on it that you've got it. If we really believe this, it would change your conversation and mine now and tomorrow morning. We would talk differently next week than we did last week. Here's a simple thing I want you to just get in your mind on a, uh, a loop. That's what I'm trying to say. Get a loop going in your mind. Of this, what if every word I said came to pass? If every word out of my mouth happened, that's how God operates, isn't it? What if God chatted? (laughs) Huh? What if he just chatted like a whole lot of Christians do? He just said stuff. (laughs) What if he said, that's the craziest thing i ever seen. What would happen? It would immediately become the craziest thing anybody had ever seen. (laughs) He can't say stuff that's random and... No meaning to it. And he can't. Everything he says comes to pass and lasts forever. His words, the Bible said, have been purified multiple times. One verse is seven times. And heaven and earth, this planet and this atmosphere, the Bible said, shall pass away. But when it's all done and gone, his words will still remain and abide forever. Now, you and I are made in his likeness and image. We are told in the Bible, be imitators or followers of God as dear children. What does that mean? We're supposed to act like he does and learn how to operate like he does. Of course, it'll be at a different level, obviously, but the principle is the same. What if we learned to choose our words and only say what we expected to come to pass? And when we said it, we meant it, and we never came off of it. Can you see we got some room to grow in these areas? Because people are used to just putting their mouth in gear and starting their mind later. (laughs) Just talking, just talking and talking and getting back home and get to thinking about what you said and go, oh my, I should have said that. Oh, I didn't mean that. Oh, I wonder if they thought that. Well, they had to thought that. What else would they have thought? Uh, ignorant. 
The Bible said in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. People that are always talking are always sinning. Now notice this, always missing it. You could say another way of saying it. All right, did you find James yet? Well, that's good, but there was another scripture that you should have looked at <laughs> on the way over there. Go to Matthew 12, then we'll just go right straight to James, I think. Matthew 12. I could quote this to you, but I want you to put your eyes on it. Matthew 12 and 34. Well, 33 goes with it. Matthew 12, 33. Jesus said, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt, for the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things, for out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks? Let's just stop right here. Put both of those verses together. What kind of fruit does a bad tree produce? What kind of fruit does a good tree produce? Then what does the next verse say? Out of the abundance of the what? Heart. Heart. The mouth speaks. So here he's saying the words are the fruit of the tree. Well, can you see this now? What kind of person are you? How could we tell some say, well, nobody really knows because... You know, you don't know what's inside me. Well, whatever's outside of you came from inside of you. But we're having fun now, aren't we? (laughs) What is the most distinguishing fruit of what kind of tree you are? What comes out of your mouth is your fruit. And that tells whether you are a good tree or not a good tree. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Because whatever you're full of on the inside is going to come out of your mouth. Hmm? Have you noticed that there are people sometimes they try to hide what's inside them. They try to be polite. They try to be proper in certain settings. But all it takes is a little bit of pressure. And then, blah, there it comes. Well, that's what's in them. Which, that's what they are. Not what they're trying to pretend or convince somebody they are. That's what they are. Whatever you're full of will come out of your mouth. Well, whatever you're full of will come back to whatever you've been putting in your ears and your eyes. That whatever you're watching all the time, listening to all the time. Hearing all the time, thinking all the time, you'll get full of it. And that'll come out of you. Keep reading. Out of the abundance of the heart, he said, the mouth speaks. Verse 35, a good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. Evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. Now people read that. And they don't think words. But that's the context. It's words. Look at the next verse. But I say to you, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. 
Most Christians do not believe that. They just don't. You start talking about confession. You start talking about watching what you say. And they're like, ah, the Lord knows I don't mean most of what I say. He knows me. And so what you're saying is the Lord's going to suspend this chapter for you. Everybody else is going to have to give an account of everything that comes out of their mouth. But when he sees you, he's going to go, oh, that's George. Yeah, I know him. He, <laughs> that's Bill. That's Susie. And they don't mean half what they say in that. No, Matthew 12 doesn't apply to them. Is it true that whatever kind of person we are is revealed directly? By the words that come out of our mouth. Is it true that we are responsible for every word that comes out of our mouth and the effects those words produce? Is it true? And that we will personally and individually have to give an account of everything we have said. You see why I say most people don't believe this. They don't believe that. If they did, for one thing, talking would decrease about 80% immediately <laughs> if people really believe this. They don't. They don't. So because people don't believe it, they don't care. They just. And I'm not just talking about talking about the weather, talking about beans are on sale. You know, trivial stuff. You need to watch what you're saying. But most, I would say this, the most serious failure of all men and women on the planet is the failure to keep the commandment that Jesus gave us. Love one another as he gave us commandment. And of keeping that commandment, I would say this to be the most significant failure of keeping the love command is in failing in what you say. What you say about other people, what you say to other people. Of late, the Lord has impressed this upon me. I've seen it with greater clarity. I knew it was important. I mean... The most trouble I've ever gotten into with the Lord was when I said something about somebody I should not have said. That's the biggest trouble I've ever been in with him. And if you walk with any closeness to him, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're oblivious to all this, you either need to get saved or you need to get close to God. But how many know what I'm talking about? You say something about somebody or to somebody and you walk away or that moment or especially as minutes go by, man, inside, oh, inside, you feel like you have displeased the Lord. Oh, man, your heart smites you and it grieves you. You know why you feel so grieved inside? He's grieved with it, and he's in you, and you're sensing that. And you will sense the strongest displeasure of the Lord and the strongest of his spirit being grieved when you miss it 
with your mouth and saying things against people, dishonoring, disrespectful, hurtful, hateful, vengeful. What Christians have not understood, what most people on the planet have not understood, God never designed talk to be meaningless or powerless. We're made in his likeness and image. We come from him. How does he operate? Hmm? Light. Become. This become. That become. When he speaks, things happen. When he speaks, powers released. When he speaks in judgment, it happens. And what the enemy, the devil and demons, are spirits. They don't have flesh like us. They don't have a right to operate in this realm like us. This is not their world. Now they're doing stuff in it. But it's not, it wasn't made for them. But if the devil wants to say something, he's got to find a voice. If he wants something said, if any wrong spirit wants something said in this realm, they have to find somebody that'll say it. Now, the enemy knows better than most Christians that the way to get things done is to say it. Say it and release power, good or bad. But he can't. He's not flesh. He doesn't really have a right to be here. He's here as an outlaw, as a usurper. But the problem is, he has no problem finding people to say what he wants said in the earth. All he's got to do is bring it across some people's minds. They'll spit it out before they even think about it. Now here's the thing. And all we need to watch this with each other, with our families, our spouses, our children, our parents, our friends, our brothers, our sisters. You've heard people say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Total lie. I said total lie and fabrication. Words kill. Words can kill. Words can make alive. Words can kill. Words can break. Words can resurrect. Think about this. Lazarus, come forth. Glory to God. What if that same one looked at you and called your name and said, John, fall dead. That's what would happen. It happened in the beginning days of the book of Acts. Remember when Sapphira came in? After Ananias had lied, Peter looked at her. He said, how is it that the enemies filled your hearts to lie to the Holy Ghost? You didn't just lie to men. You lied to the Holy Ghost. And the same ones that took your husband out and buried him are going to do the same with you. And when he said it, boom, she fell down and died. Words. Somebody say words. 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 Now we're still talking about honor. And this is not all there is to it, but this is a big part of it. How do we honor God? By what we say about God 
what we say to God. And Jesus said, inasmuch as you did it, or didn't do it, to even the least of these my brethren, you did it or didn't do it to me and for me. So does he take it personally? What we say to each other are about each other. Somebody say words. Say it again. Words are so important. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. You understand? That's not Keith Moore's words. I'm quoting the Bible. Now go with me on over to uh, James where you're holding your place. Can you take some more? Do we want to know how to honor the Lord more? If we just stop right now, do you know? How can we honor him more? By watching what we say and how we say it. If we're really going to develop in honoring the Lord, it will be immediately evident in the fruit of our being, which is the fruit of our mouth. Our words are our fruit. Well, if something of God is growing and getting bigger and getting better inside us as a tree of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, then the fruit's going to show it. If the tree gets better and the tree gets stronger and the soil gets richer and the nutrients gets better and the water gets better, what's going to happen? The fruit is going to get better. In James, let's look in the uh, third chapter. Glory to God. James 3 and 2. He said, in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in what? In word or in what he or she says. The same is a perfect Man, now don't let that, you know, when we hear that word perfect, 99.9% of the folks' mind go off on a tangent of flawless. And if you look up the word in keeping with the rest of the New Testament usage, its basic meaning is mature and complete. Somebody say complete. What about a Christian, a son of God, who is not just a baby anymore, but is fully developed? A mature child of God, that's what he's saying. How can we tell you're growing up in the Lord? You don't talk like you used to. How can we tell that you're not just a little preemie baby in the Lord? You're not just a little whiny, immature, undeveloped, somebody's got to wipe your nose and change your diaper baby. You do understand, you can be 65 years old, but you got born again last week, you're a baby. Or you got born again 20 years ago, but you never grew. Still a baby. How would we know you're a baby? What Paul said, when I was a child, I thought like a child and I talked like a child. How about when you're growing up? You talk differently. And one of the biggest, you are a love child of a love 
God, the more you develop in him, the more you develop in love. And that's not just mushy-gushy feelings. Oh, I love you. No, it's God who is love. And as you really grow up in that kind of love, there are things you will not say about other people anymore. You won't talk to them that way. You won't, your tone changes. You lose that harshness and that bitterness, that harshness and that bitterness, that lashing out, that retaliatory stuff. That means you are a carnal, fleshy baby. When you grow up, you can be upset. You can be mad, but you know the power of words. And you know the importance of that commandment. And you don't talk and think later. You think and decide what you need to say in this situation. What you should say to get the desired results. And you say it on purpose. And you say it by faith. And you stand on it. Are y'all with me? I know as a leader, Phyllis and I growing up, we've learned this. There have been times I've been annoyed with situations, even upset about a situation, and you think you're just going to go talk to some folks and really make it plain to them. (laughs) And you walk in the door, and the Spirit of God deal with you, and you pause for a little bit, and all that can come out is soft words. Complete. If people knew what you were feeling and what you were saying, they'd shake their head. They'd think, what is going on inside them? It's called growing up. There's been other times you thought, well, bless their darling hearts. They just didn't know any better. And you plan on going there being kind. And you're not. You're straight with them. Why? Because the Lord knew they knew more than what you thought they did. It wasn't ignorance. It was blatant rebellion. And defiance. And rebellion doesn't need instruction. Rebellion needs discipline. Correction. That's another sermon. How many are with me understanding when you grow up, when the tree of righteousness gets bigger and stronger and better, the fruit gets better. What is the key fruit of your life? What comes out of your mouth, your words. Now look in James, please. Everybody happy? Anywhere else you'd rather be? Hmm? (laughs) James 3, 2, in many things we what? Offend or make mistakes, all of us. If any man offend not in word, the same is a... Perfect, mature, complete man. And able also to bridle the whole body. Oh, friend, you get a hold of this also. You can break any habit. You can break any stronghold in your life. You can change anything about your life that you won't change. Is it true or not? If you quit just talking and quit lying and quit saying stuff you don't mean and and meaning stuff you didn't say and (laughs) skip on down. To the 11th verse. He said. uh, Well verse 10. Out of the same mouth. Proceeds blessing and cursing. My brethren these things ought not so to be. Should we talk both ways or just one way? 
Just one way. Does a fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine figs, so can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh? He's talking about our words, what comes out of our mouth. Now skip down to the fourth chapter and the tenth verse, 410. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Speak not evil one of another brethren. He that speaks evil of his brother and judges his brother speaks evil of the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you're not a doer of the law, but a judge. There's one lawgiver who's able to save and to destroy. Who are you? That judges another. That's a pretty strong statement isn't it? When the Bible looks at you. And says who do you think you are? Judging your brother. And talking about your brother like this. Listen to another translation. Verse 11 NIV. Brothers do not slander one another. The Dewey says. Detract not one another. My brethren. Did you hear that word? Detract. Not. What does it mean to detract? To detract means to take away. To, and it involves speaking. The NIV says slanderously. The easy to read said brothers and sisters don't say anything against each other. Don't criticize one another. Another translation says. Sit out loud. Don't criticize. Don't, criticize. don't, slander. don't slander. Don't detract. Don't say anything against. Is this a suggestion? It sounds like a command. Doesn't it? He said speak not evil one of another brother. Did he say try not to do it? No. He said don't do it. Don't do it. Are we hungry for the presence of God? Are we hungry for the glory of God? Do we want to see more of his glory? Well, I'm telling you, by the Spirit of the Lord this morning, this is one of our biggest hindrances to it. This is one of the biggest hindrances between us and being closer to the Lord, us and moving more into the things of the Lord. It's happening on a daily basis. People are taking each other apart. They're speaking evil of each other. They're detracting from each other. They're criticizing and judging each other. It happens so much. It seems common. It seems like it's no big deal. But if we could see it through the Lord's eyes for just a few minutes, it would wake us up. I said it would wake us up. And we would realize there are a lot of things we think is a big deal and important. The Lord is not even in the same category to him as this. Say it out loud. Lord, open our eyes. Help us to see this the way you do. Through your eyes. I wish it wasn't so. But it is so, and I need to talk about it. We need to talk about it. We need to look at it. We need to be honest. People like to talk. Don't they? What do people spend a bunch of their time doing? Talking. Talking, talking, talking. You're going to leave here in a few minutes, and what are you going to do? Huh? You're going to go 
And you're going to go eat or you're going to go to the house and you're going to what? Talk. And that's not all bad. Now you can talk too much. Now you're going to give an account. I'm going to give an account. For every even idle word that comes out of our mouth, we need to keep it in mind. But the big deal is, what do you talk about? What are we talking about? And what is the most popular subject? Hmm? Talking about other people. What they did, what they didn't do, what they should have done. What they ought not have done. How in the world did they do it? <laughs> I can't imagine that. And you'd like to think Christians were better. But I think some are even worse. I'm telling you, preachers. Preachers are some of the worst. Some of the worst. That You know... There's some situations and areas that Phyllis and I have just chosen not to spend as much time in certain places and situations because all the preachers want to do is talk negatively about some other preacher. And I'm not trying to act perfect. I told you, I've gotten in trouble with the Lord for saying things I shouldn't have said. And it's one reason I want to stay away from stuff that would suck me into it. Are y'all with me? You should do the same. Because I'm telling you, it grieves the Lord. And in some cases, stronger than that, it can anger him. It can anger him. You get some of the strongest response out of him in these things. Why? God is love. Doesn't just have love. Doesn't just like love. Doesn't recommend love. Is. Say it out loud. God is. Is love. What's the, not a, the New Testament commandment. The commandment, the commandment from the head of the church to every believer. What is it? Love one another as I have loved you. Romans says love does no harm. No harm no evil, no ill to its neighbor. Neighbor is more than just brothers or friends or associates. Neighbor is whoever you happen to be by at the time. Nearby, neighbor. Love does no ill to its neighbor. In the book of Acts, it talks about people that came down following Paul and Silas and different ones of his company and met with individuals. And the Bible said, Caused their hearts to be evil affected against the brethren by what they said. Do you want your life to be significant? Do you want it to matter that you were down here breathing the air? Or do you want to just pass by your life in insignificance? Many are doing it. Millions on this planet are coming and living and dying. And for the difference they're making, it wouldn't have really mattered if they were there or not in the long term. I want to tell you by the Lord how your life can take on greater significance. 
You become more selective in what you say, particularly about other people. You believe that your words have weight and have power. And you use them mindful of their potential effect on other people's lives. People like to think, oh, I don't care what they say. It don't matter to me what people say. That's a lie. That's a lie. They think, I don't care what they think. Yeah, you do. More than you like to admit. It affects you. I've heard preachers say, well, I don't care what they think. They can just think whatever. The, I said, well, if enough of them think they don't like you and don't want to hear you and there's nobody in your service next Sunday, you'll care. <laughs> I don't care. And if nobody wants to hear you, nobody wants to invite you, you'll care. You shouldn't just be led by that, but to say you don't care is not true. I know I had to get a revelation of it some years ago. I was going and speaking with some people. And the individual asked me, what about so-and-so, he said. What do you think about this and what do you think about that? I didn't say much. But I just said, well, I don't know about that. And I just, I kind of had a look in my face like maybe I didn't approve. And I walked out of the door and uh, the Lord said, now, that man was going to invite him for a meeting. But now because you hesitated and frowned and said that little word, he's not. And so those services are not going to happen. And you are responsible for what you said and the aftermath of it. I thought, Lord. I didn't realize my words carried that much weight with that man. I thought, we're just talking. But think about it. Everybody that's making decisions, those decisions were affected by the people they talked to. Can you see this? Back before that. And things they did that helped people. Things they did that hurt people. They decided to stay together and make the marriage work. Or they decided to quit. They decided to keep on with the child and it worked. Or they decided to write them off and move away and do their own thing. They talked to people. And they talked about people. And those words are having an effect. Say it out loud. Those words. Are having an effect. People are making decisions based on what they've heard, based on the others they've talked to. I'm just trusting the Lord that this is coming across. I don't know how to say it fully. Close your eyes. Say it out loud, Lord. Forgive me for saying any words that have hurt others. I know. According to the Bible, I'm responsible for the effect of my words, the impact on people's lives from what came out of my mouth. In any times, I let the enemy use me to say things I should not have said. I repent. I ask you to forgive me and show me how to make anything right that I can. 
And I ask you, set a watch at the door of my mouth and alert me, please, before I say things that would be hurtful, harmful, destructive, evil, words of doubt, words against, help me. To recognize it. And I'll choose not to say it. And speak your words. Words of life. And not words of death. Glory to God. Stand on your feet. Begin to lift your hands please. Oh praise you Lord. Praise you Lord. Just focus on the Lord a few minutes further here now. Lift up your voice. Lift up your hands. Begin to praise him some more. Father, we worship you. Oh, we worship you. We give you glory. We give you honor. We magnify you. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.